0: episode 161 of the shock jock knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network shot saint Jacques back here with you for another week of knicks and nba talk during this crazy topsy-turvy offseason uh, we'll talk a little bit of knicks this week a lot of our conversation will go back to the latest on kevin durant and Kyrie irving during this offseason Uh, As the Donovan Mitchell stuff has slowed a little bit, we'll touch a bit on it this week uh, and certainly get to a few more news and notes surrounding those big potential moves during the rest of this offseason. A little bit of a slow week, not a ton to talk about, to be fair, this week. Not as deep with the news. I mean, it's the NBA offseason, right? It's one of those things where uh, it has its ebbs and flows. We don't always get to... uh, uh have a full platter if you will each week to talk about things so this is one of the lulls there's not a ton to touch on but there's some interesting things that we will definitely get to some minor developments uh and definitely some talking points worth sharing and bringing up this week on the podcast hope you're all doing well hope you're staying as cool as you possibly can i just got back from the tri-state area where it's as hot as i've ever remembered it uh back in my uh In my hometown, this past, uh, I guess it was 10 days, I was there just uh, catching up with family, catching up with friends. It's a rare time during the year when I get to do that. Back down in the Sunshine State, it's still pretty hot down here. So it's one of those things where basically no part of the country is shielded away from the heat. So I hope everybody out there is staying cool, staying, if you can, uh, indoors. I know a lot of people especially down in Florida, still have to be outside for work. So I hope everybody is staying as comfortable as possible during these crazy months of the year when it comes to the heat. Okay, uh, let's talk about the Knicks first and the latest on Donovan Mitchell. And there is a little bit to discuss here. Uh, I was looking around for different articles, not, nothing concrete. And this is what I don't always like about this part of the off season. It's where, you know, because there's been a lull, because there hasn't been a ton of news, you start to see rumors, right? You start to see speculation. And this is where things can be led astray. Basically, uh, the rumor this week, and it's from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, who's had a lot of the uh, good good updates on news the last few weeks that we've looked at. Um, he writes, quote, I've heard pretty consistently that Jazz don't really have much interest in trading for R.J. Barrett and paying for him, end quote. Uh, Just basically more on the fact that, you know, the Knicks really were, at least earlier this month of July, were unwilling to include R.J. Barrett in a deal for Donovan Mitchell. And and one of the reasons I bring this back up was because this was my biggest holdup in a potential Donovan Mitchell deal was including R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett is the future of this team. Now, what helps the Knicks here is that the Jazz want a clean slate. The Jazz want young players who they're not going to have to pay for a while. R.J. Barrett's going to want a big contract. And I think that the Jazz want players more along the lines of a Quinton Grimes, and Emmanuel Quickly, and Obi Toppin. And they want a lot of those picks that the Knicks have as well. What is it? I think 11 picks, eight first-rounders. It's something like that. And there's been talks that the Knicks are going to have to give up a minimum of five first-round picks to get Donovan Mitchell, somewhere around four or five. I think, to me, that's already enough for where I would say you can't include R.J. Barrett. Five picks and you want a couple players is fine. One of those players can't be R.J. Barrett. And it sounds like, from reports, and, you know, there are, some of these are rumors, that R.J. Barrett is a player that the Jazz don't want. And for me... For me, that's enough to say the Knicks have to get this done. The Knicks have to get this done. Now, they'd be giving up a lot with the picks, and they're giving up, I would think, at least two young players, right? We mentioned a few candidates. Quentin Grimes is a prime candidate to be part of this deal. He's entering year two in the league. Emmanuel Quickly is a player that I think is is borderline involved in this conversation. I don't know if the Jazz would want him. I think they'd rather take Quentin Grimes if they had to choose because Quentin Grimes is a little bit younger, better defensively, You know, a guy that you could still mold. Where Quickly is a little bit further along, he's still young, but he's a little bit further along. And, and I think that they'd rather... I think if you're Danny Ainge, you want a player that you know, you could easily fit in and mold to the way you want them in your system. So there's that. Obi Toppin, who was listed here, is an interesting one because he's coming along very nicely. And the tough part, if you're a Knicks fan, is Obi Toppin's a New York kid. He's always wanted to play for the Knicks. And... I think it's one of those things where you'd hate to see him go because I I, I don't... Here's the thing, right? Forgetting some of the nostalgia part and the hometown kid part, the thing with Obi Toppin as a player is when is he going to take the next step? That's kind of the big talking point around him going into next season. So if you're Utah, the hope is... and, And listen, Obi Toppin is a player that has shown some really good signs, I think had a strong finish to the season in a lot of ways. But I think the issue, and, and this is, I think, strictly from a Jazz perspective, you know, he's 24, he's still young, but the numbers don't jump off the page, right? And even though I thought he finished the the end of last season very nicely, I still think over a full season, we haven't gotten the best out of Obi Toppin yet. I just don't, it, it just not been, you know, one of those things where you go and you go, oh my gosh, you know, this guy's going to be incredible. He had games down the stretch last season where you went, whoa, this could be, you know, the future. This could be Obi Toppin moving forward. I mean, his, his last 10 games, he was tremendous last season. So that's where you go, okay. Could he, could he, how long, you know, can he do this, right? I mean, here's the microcosm, right? In April, when Obi Toppin just went off, right? I'll just list off the five games. April 2nd versus Cleveland, he had 20 points, four rebounds, four assists. He shot 50% from the field. Versus Orlando, next day. 20 points, eight rebounds, three assists, four of 10 from three, 44% from the field, just under, 43.8% from the field. Versus Brooklyn, April 6th, 19-5, three and three blocks. Throw a a steal in there. Shot 53% from the field. And then the last two games, he went nuts. Versus Washington, 35 points, four rebounds, two two steals, 63.5% from the field. He shot six of nine from three. Final game of the season at the Garden against Toronto. He had 42 points, 10 rebounds. Shot six of 14 from three, 57% from the field. So that's when you go, wow. Right, you go. That could that be Obi Toppin's future? But I have to remind you of what he did in the month of May. I I beg your pardon. The month of March, where he was very Jekyll and Hyde, very Jekyll and Hyde. You know, had had some pretty tough stretches in that month. Where I mean, there were some games where he didn't even score ten points. As a matter of fact, there was five of them. Five games where Obi Toppin... Actually, I think what really stands out, seven games where Obi Toppin scored 10 points or less in the month of March. Seven. Only one, two, three, four games out of 11 where Obi Toppin scored more than 10 points. He scored 13 against Portland on March 16th. He had 18 his month high against Charlotte on the 23rd the next game he had 15 against miami and against the bulls on the 28th Knicks won that game he had 17 points he had multiple games where he scored under five points in the month as well two four-point games and a two-point game as well now again there's other things that Obi top in brings but what i'm trying to say is when you're looking at the full ob top in picture he's a player i think the knicks can live with getting rid of i hate to put it like that because i want to see him succeed in new york but if it means donovan mitchell comes to the knicks i mean how can you pass that up the answer is you can't in my opinion if it's if the Jazz after you know going around and figuring out, you know, what everybody else can give them, and they come back to the Knicks and they and the Jazz say, all right, we want six first round picks and we want two or three of your guys. We want we want two of Grimes topping and quickly. I, I think the Knicks have to do that deal. I really do. I really do. Now I'd like to think the Knicks would get Something else back besides Donovan Mitchell, but Donovan Mitchell is enough there. I I think you, I I would probably pick, if I had to send two, I'd probably pick quickly and Toppin because I want to see what Quentin Grimes can bring to the table. But, oh, maybe that's harsh on, maybe that's harsh on Toppin, to be fair. That's a tougher decision than than I originally thought. But I, I kind of like to see what Quentin Grimes would look like in year two. I kind of feel like we know what Emmanuel Quickly is, right? I like Emmanuel Quickly a lot as a player, but I feel like we know what he is. I don't think the ceiling is much higher for him. Toppin's the tough one. Toppin's the tough one because he's shown glimpses that he could really shine with this Knicks team. He really has. But there, I mean, I even look back at, at the February numbers. That he had this past season he had one double figure game that month one I know that that was that that was the Knicks worst month of the season but he didn't exactly play well during that time at all he actually actually has he had two zero point games during that run as well so when the Knicks really needed games to be won Obi Toppin really struggled had his worst month arguably of his career So, I I mean, you could make the argument last season that, you know, Obi Toppin's, you know, stretch of games really was dictated by how well the Knicks were playing. When the Knicks were playing well, Obi played well. When the Knicks didn't play well, Obi Toppin also did not play well. However, like, I'm going back and forth on this, but I do think of those times, and it was mostly towards the end of the season, where he showed incredible flashes where you go, man, he's 24. I mean, in three years, Obi Toppin could be a big part of this team, potentially. Two or three years down the line, when he's 26, 27, Obi Toppin could be a cornerstone player, along with R.J. Barrett. That's kind of where I, I hesitate on including him in a deal, right? That's where I struggle. But I I think at the end of the day, if Donovan Mitchell is coming to the Knicks, I don't think you could turn it down. I don't think you can do it. Donovan Mitchell is a game-changing player. That could potentially, by the way, attract other players to come to the Knicks. And he's also a New York native. So if you want that, you got that as well, right? That's tough to pass up on. I mean... Donovan Mitchell is only 25 years old. He's going to be 26 in September before the season starts. And the Knicks could get... I mean, I forget what his contract details are. But you're getting you know, prime years of Donovan Mitchell here. With players around him. This is not going to be like the Melo deal where the Knicks will have nothing around him because they gave up too much. You're going to get prime years of Donovan Mitchell... And there's talent around him. That's why this looks very intriguing. You know what I mean? That's where you go and you think, oh boy. This could be special. You know, this could be a thing where there this next team take legitimately takes the next step. You know that's where this. I mean, Donovan Mitchell averaged twenty six points per game last season. Twenty six points per game, and he'll have a, a, a solidified point guard next to him in Jalen Brunson. That's hard to to look at and think we 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 can't. I should think that's hard to look at and think. Well, we'll we'll pass that up. You can't, and you'll get Donovan Mitchell until he's thirty. Just just double-check the contract numbers. Donovan Mitchell would be under contract with the Knicks until 2026. So you are going to get four prime years of Donovan Mitchell. The rest of his prime. You get it. I think the Knicks have to do it. I really do. It's almost impossible to pass it up. And and the more I'm talking about, it, the more I'm kind of realizing that, you know, we might we haven't really talked about what the Knicks would be willing to give up and what I think the Knicks should give up and and things like that. But I, for me, the big the biggest one for me was R.J. Barrett. That was the biggest one for me was R.J. Barrett. I, I think you can include him, and it doesn't sound like the Jazz want him. Top and I think I, I think I'd be willing to part with him. It's tough that he's the tough one. He's the one where I'd think back if he goes on to have a great career and I'd think, oh, what if we could have kept him? You know, Grimes, I, Grimes is, is one, too, where I go, oh, but what could he become? His, his future could be pretty special. You know, I, I really believe that. But, you know, I mean, because I, here's the tough part, right? I, I don't think that the Jazz would want Cam Reddish. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. Quickly, again, I, I, I don't mean to... I'm not trying to bash Emmanuel quickly. I'm really not. Because I, I am a fan of his. I really am. But I but I think we may have seen the best of Emmanuel quickly. I don't know how much better he's going to get. You know? I mean, boy, he, he can score it. But he's erratic. i think that's what stands out he's erratic he can give you 34 like he did on the last day of the season but more times than not he's probably going to give you 10 to 15 you know i i just don't know and quickly's again quickly's young he's 23 he just turned 23 uh in was it june i think in june But his... I mean, to be fair, he had a great month of March. A lot of good games there. But I I think early in the season really kind of showed where the improvements need to be made. And and to be fair, what's difficult, too, about the end of the season is the Knicks were out of it. The Knicks started playing better once they knew they were out of the playoffs. You quickly had a a triple-double last game of the regular season, but the game didn't mean anything. So it's hard to put a lot of stock in that. But to be fair, March and April... Quickly played very well for a good stretch of time. But that was coming off the heels of an awful February and a pretty bad January as well, where he really didn't play well, didn't shoot the ball well in a lot of those games. So it's pretty tricky. It's pretty tricky to when you look at the numbers and his age. But I think with what the Jazz want, I would be willing to part with him. I really would be. And again, if I had to choose two quickly is the easiest one for me. I probably, oh man, Toppin's really hanging me up here. I I don't know if, or holding me up, I should say. I, I don't know. Toppin or Grimes in that hypothetical is a super tough decision. Super difficult. I mean, I'd like to hear from you guys. Which out of those three, or really out of what the Knicks have as far as youth, um, would you be willing to include there? For me, I, I think Barrett is the is the one where you say no. But but it doesn't sound like the Knicks, at least right now, will have to make that decision. It seems like the Jazz don't want to have to give R.J. Barrett a big contract. They want you know players that are going to be there for a few years to kind of help the rebuild. So that's going to be really interesting. To see how all of that pans out. It really, it really will be. That's that's gonna be fascinating as this off season goes on. And and we'll talk about it. But but I want to hear from you at S Stj7 on Twitter. We've had a lot of people reach out the last few weeks talking about these very topics and keep them coming. Keep your thoughts coming. It's been very, very interesting. Uh, and on top of that, posting at toasting.com. Or in the articles section, uh, those are the places where you can leave comments. Uh, better to hit me up on Twitter. I'm much more likely to, to see it and possibly respond if it's on Twitter. Again, I've been doing a lot of traveling lately, so it's been very tough for me to, to see everything. But the, the Twitter's the best place, but every once in a while I will see it the comments. So hit up the comments as well, posting at toasting.com, whether it's under the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo or under the articles that I write on the site as well. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we go back into the Kevin Durant news and notes from the offseason in the past week as well. Are Phoenix keeping their hat in the ring for Kevin Durant? What about Golden State? They've been awfully quiet the last few weeks, and there's a new contender in the chat. We'll see who else is involved. For Kevin Durant, right after this, on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. over the past few days. Very interesting stuff. For a while, right, as we we begin the second half of the show, it had been Golden State and Phoenix really dictating the talks and certainly the rumor mill around Kevin Durant during this offseason. But a new contender has entered the ring, and it's the defending Eastern Conference champions and NBA Finals runners-up, in the Boston Celtics who have, you know, seemingly said, hey, we want in on this. And again, this is according to Adrian Wojnarowski. This was tweeted out by Woj. I think this was on Monday, very early Monday morning. Uh, he tweeted this out, basically saying that Boston has emerged among the teams engaged in trade talks on a possible deal for Kevin Durant. Very Very interesting. Now, the biggest part of this story that raised eyebrows was reportedly, again, this is all according to Woj, who had it first, that Jalen Brown could be in a trade here, going back to Brooklyn in a potential move. That is where I went, whoa. Did not expect that that is where this becomes very interesting to me because he seems to me from the outside as an untouchable player he's one where i'd say whoa 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 we are not doing that that's kind of where i sit back and i go holy bleep that's a big that's a big piece to go back in that deal right and listen it's not it hasn't been just phoenix and golden state right Miami's been involved as well the Raptors have a a, I guess what Woj as Woj put it a varying degree of interest the Raptors might be involved here as well so and now according to Woj Jason Tatum is off limits as you'd expect but Jalen Brown is potentially involved here that's where I go wow that's where I I go very very well. Wow. It's an interesting one. It really is because th- this is where I come from and again I'm I'm a fan of a rival team here. But this is where I come out come from at it. I think if you're a Celtics fan you look at it as this is this is a crossroads here, right? do you keep the core together this young core and think we now have five years to go after a championship with this group jason tatum i think is 23 24 jason tatum is 24 Turned 24 back in march it's got at least 10 years yeah in his prime, at least six, seven years left, I would think. Jason Tatum's got a lot of good basketball left. So he's untouchable. Jalen Brown's only 25 years old. I'm thinking minimum five years the Celtics will be contenders if they keep this core together. The risk here, by taking Kevin Durant, is that by the time Kevin Durant's contract is up, his career might be over. At least his career as being one of the top two, three players in the NBA, that's for sure. Kevin Durant, as we sit here today, and again, we he's got four years left on his contract, Kevin Durant's about to turn 34 years old. He's a month away from turning 34. Actually, sorry, he's about two months away from turning 24 years old. Sorry, 34. Yikes. Kevin Durant turns 34 in September. The end of September, Kevin Durant turns 34 years old. They're about two months away. But Kevin Durant has four years left on his contract. And when he's done with his current deal, I, I beg your pardon, three years left on his contract. It's a four year deal. Kevin Durant's in 2026 is going to be 38 when the contract is up. So it's a good news, bad news situation, right? You're probably going to get the start of Kevin Durant's decline. But if you're, if you're Boston, you probably get two really good chances at winning a title. Two really good chances at winning a title. But if you keep Jalen Brown, you might get five. Like, it's, I guess it's a a classic case of of the modern NBA. Do you want five good chances at winning a title? Or do you want two great chances at winning a title? Because Boston just showed you this past year, they can get to the finals. But how many more times will they get there as they're currently constituted in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a conference, as I can't talk today, it seems, in a conference with the Bucks, who are going to be good for at least three or four more years, you'd have to think. The Bucks, the Sixers, we're going to have at least two or three more chances at it with Harden re-signing you look at what the hawks are doing as well i I mean the the heat regardless of what they do are still very much in the mix as well i mean the east is very if the knicks get donovan mitchell like the east is very very tough As we've seen through the past playoffs, the Raptors will be a factor as well, you'd have to think, moving forward. But Look at the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucs, the Sixers, the Bulls, Hawks and potentially the Knicks. That becomes interesting. Now, moving away from the Celtics for a second here, they're has been talk around Kevin Durant staying with the Nets as well. Now, there's been more talk about uh, KD staying with the Nets than Kyrie staying with the Nets because it seems like Kyrie's more movable, really wants out. He he was the one that started this whole fiasco earlier this offseason. It seems like him leaving is almost, it's almost like it's already happened. It's basically a done deal. It's just about who's going to take him. Will it be the Lakers? Will it be somebody else? The KD thing is not as set in stone as it seemed last week. And one of the earliest, even two weeks ago, because of how difficult his contract is to move and what the Nets would want back in return. So more people are starting to see, well, is this you know, is Kevin Durant staying with Brooklyn more on the table than it was last month, even two weeks ago, that's, that's becoming a fascinating thing as well. And, you know, you're starting to hear, well, Phoenix is out of the running, you know, Fox Sports is Chris Broussard uh, has basically come out and said that, you know, he thinks the the, the Suns are out it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say with, you know, I've, you know, to be fair, I've, I have lost some respect for Chris Broussard over the years, but Chris Broussard doesn't have to be a rocket scientist to tell you that DeAndre Ayton signed his, or I I should say Phoenix signed DeAndre Ayton's offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that they just dedicated to to DeAndre Ayton. It doesn't take a mathematician to figure out, well, actually now that's pretty difficult to see Phoenix forking over the cash that it's going to take to get Kevin Durant. And you're not going to trade a guy that you just signed in DeAndre Ayton. That makes no sense. You'd let him walk. That's where the Phoenix situation is. They're not out of the running, I don't think, but it's looking very unlikely now that Kevin Durant is going to end up going to Phoenix. It's got to be under 10% now. Has to be. They don't have enough money. It's virtually... If I had to put a percent... 3%, 4% maybe, that Phoenix is in this. I I think that what what's remaining is Kevin Durant would want to go play with that team. That's really it. Golden State is still a factor. They're quiet, but if you think Golden State is out of this, you're nuts. If you think that they can mull, that they can't mull things over between Draymond and KD and Steph picks up the phone, Clay picks up the phone. And they go, I, I mean, KD, you did win one with, you did win two with us. I'm just, I'm just saying you won two, you're, you won your two titles with us and we just won another without you. I mean, how many more do you want to win? Let, let, let's go do it. Now, to be fair, KD left Golden State because he was tired of Draymond, tired of the, the Warriors team as a whole that's why he went to Brooklyn he might not want to go back he might want to say no, no no I want to go and do it myself which is why again that's why Phoenix was so attractive because they have not been able to do it Kevin Durant could go there and say you know what we're you're going to do it with me I'm going to be the difference And that's legacy defining that going to a team that's come so close to winning it, but hasn't won it. And then getting over the hump with them and winning it and being the reason they win. That's how you become a hall of famer. That's how you become an all-time great player in any sport. So that's why Phoenix looked so attractive, but doesn't look like it's going to happen now. Now there's another team in the KD sweepstakes that has emerged and they've been emerging for some time in this conversation. They're in a very similar spot as the Phoenix Suns. They've been to a finals in the last three seasons. They've come very close to winning a title, but their core group hasn't done it yet. And that's the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are a pretty attractive spot as well for Kevin Durant to go to. If he wants to have those same aspirations, the heat in the bubble were the Eastern conference champs and they got back to the Eastern conference finals this year. And they're a Jimmy Butler three away from going back to the NBA finals. So make no mistake about it. The Miami heat are one of the more attractive options here. The tough part with Phoenix is I just think it's impossible at this point, from a financial standpoint, to get that done and be as competitive as they want to be. Right? Toronto, I mean, I I, I like that I, I get the sentiment that Toronto is in the conversation, but but let's be very honest here that the core that the Raptors have right now it doesn't compare to the other teams in this in this in this competition for Kevin Durant. They're, they're one of the teams where if, if I'm KD, I, I would say, ooh, maybe I should go back to Brooklyn. I don't know if it's worth going to Toronto. Like if Phoenix falls out, Golden State says, eh, maybe not. If Miami just doesn't have what Brooklyn's looking for and the last team left are the Toronto Raptors. Like if it's Toronto, we're going back to Brooklyn. Katie might go back to Brooklyn. I'm just, I mean, that, I'm just throwing that out there. That's possible. With all due respect to the Toronto Raptors, I just don't see it. I I, I just don't think they're going to, they're not a real player here. They're a player, but they're not, they're not a contender here. I just don't see Kevin Durant saying, you know what? I think I'm gonna to go to Toronto and have a chance to win a title. I just don't see it. So that that's kind of how I feel about the situation at the moment. If I'm KD, if I'm KD, right? Based on the past and what the team could do in the future. Now that Phoenix is kind of falling off the table a little bit, they're pretty close to being out of it. Miami's Miami's looking pretty good right now now if you just want to go win the titles it's Golden State right if you have no shame right and you just want to go back and win more titles I mean the the answer here is obvious it's Golden State now that Phoenix is off the table it's Golden State but if you want to go out and do your own thing and be the difference maker in winning a title again it's it I'm just saying Miami's looking pretty nice right now. They don't have to give up a ton. They'll have to give up a, a good amount, but the core will still be intact. It's a really good group. It's a good group. Great coach. Would I want that? No. I, I I'd rather honestly, in my opinion, in my opinion, the best the, the coolest option is off the table. I think him going to Phoenix would have been amazing having Phoenix and Golden State going at it with the history that Golden State has with Kevin Durant that would have been unbelievable unbelievable but now that that's basically gone it's essentially if it's not zero it's only a few percentage points chance Miami's looking more and more attractive by the day I really think so but it's really going to come down to Brooklyn and what they think they can get. To be fair, Brooklyn—the ball's in Brooklyn's court here to a certain extent. It really is. They—they—they they, they don't have to trade him right now. They don't if they don't want to. Like there, again, there is becoming more and more of a scenario here where Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn. It's possible. The tough part for KD is going to be, you're going to have nobody there. That's the problem. It's Ben Simmons. And then, I mean, unless a miracle happens here or a ridiculous twist of fate where Kyrie was kidding the whole time, that kind of a deal, Kyrie's going to be gone. So... It's going to be another season in a very tough Eastern conference where the Brooklyn Nets are probably barely going to get into the playoffs and likely get knocked out by a Milwaukee, a Boston, maybe even, you know, a Philly or in Atlanta next season. That's kind of what it's looking like for the Nets. You know, and if with, again, if it's without Kevin Durant, they might not even get in the play. And I really, I really don't know what Brooklyn will look like without Kyrie and KD, And it's just Ben Simmons and a bunch of guys that are, that are decent, but they're not very good players. That's where you go. Wow. I, I don't know what Brooklyn looks like next year. They could take a gigantic step back. So we'll see again. Uh, this was more of a rumor speculation podcast, but to be fair, as it always tends to be in the NBA off season, There's still plenty of drama to talk about, plenty of hypotheticals to look at based on the rumors and reports that are out there at the moment. And next week, we'll certainly have more meat on the bone to take a look at. Make no mistake about that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast podcast. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening to the show. Let me know what you think about the Knicks offseason, the off season as a whole, the news around Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and where they could possibly end up this offseason, and anything else that's on your mind surrounding sports or anything beyond that. Thanks, as always, for listening. Have a great week, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.